So I was already planning to come in here and say, brace yourself for what's coming. Then I got here this morning and started doing some research for I went on Steve Bannon's show, The War Room, and I saw this Victor Davis Hansen, one of the most respected historians in the world, with the headline, Victor David Hansen warns America, brace yourself for what's coming in 2024. And it's a very powerful 10 and a half minute video. So I want to kick the whole broadcast off with this today because it's exactly what I was going to say. He makes a few points I wasn't going to make. I'll make a few points he didn't make. So when you add together what we're going to say, it's Veritas. But I want to go to this clip of Victor Davis Hanson warning, brace yourself for what's coming. You can feel it. You can see it. This is the big one. This is the main focus. The people versus the new world order. The great reset versus the great awakening. Here it is. They look at Trump as a vampire and they put a stake in his heart, but they're afraid that that stake could come out any time, that he's undying, and they're afraid of him. They are <laughs> terrified of him. You know yeah. why they're terrified of him? Because they think he's smarter this time, and he has just caused to really get angry because of what they did to him. They can write all of the Atlantic Monthly, and they can write all of the New Yorker clever, glib little essays about Donald Trump was a threat to democracy, or they can write all their little Molly Ball time essays, how clever and brilliant they were with their cabals and their conspiracies to get rid of them. But deep down inside, they know that if the right ever did that to Barack Obama or Joe Biden, they could have really made something out of the fact that Barack Obama had a hot mic expose where he told the president of Russia, you tell Vladimir that I will be flexible on missile defense. That's the security of the United States of America. If he gives me space in my last election and Putin did do that, that's an impeachable offense if a phone call to Ukraine is. So they understand that, that the right could have done that to them. And they understand now the right probably will do that to them for their own survival. And they are scared. They're saying that if a mega candidate wins and they win the House and the Senate, we're cooked because they're going to get special prosecutors and they're going to go after the Biden family like they've never gone after anybody. And they're going to find stuff because we know Joe is crooked. And then they're going to go after Mary Garland and they're going to go after Mayorkas and they're not going to stop. And that's why they're scared. And they're going to do any. Everybody thinks that the danger passed. They got what they wanted. No, 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 no. You're never going to yeah. see anything like what they're going to do in 2024. All of this could have been reconciled. All they had to do was say Donald Trump should not be president if that's what they believe. And we're not going to do any lawfare. We're not going to try to change the voting laws. We're not going to pack the court. We're not going to let in two states. We're not going to try to abolish the Senate filibuster. We're not going to try to change the uh, voting ID laws. We're just going to play under, under the rules that we have. We don't need $419 million by Mark Zuckerberg infused. We don't need Sam Bankman Freed, the crook giving us $100 million. We're not going to go under the radar with George. So we're just going to show you, the American people, how we think Donald Trump should not be president and we'll have a feral and they can't do that they don't trust themselves they think you know what anybody in his right mind would close that border right now 
close the border. Anybody in his right mind would recall all of those DAs that have destroyed these major cities. Anybody in his right mind would not beg the Saudis or the Venezuelans or the Russians or the Iranians to pump oil on the eve of a midterm or drain this strategic petroleum when you have so much natural gas and oil. In the Nobody in their right mind would do that. And nobody in their right mind would ever just pull out of Afghanistan without warning, just so Joe Biden can say that on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 or the original October uh, invasion of Afghanistan, I'm the president that got us out. Nobody would do that. And nobody would print $6 trillion when there's a pent-up demand post-COVID lockdown and there's a supply chain disruption and throw that money without any audit or ex examination of who got it and why and how it was spent, but to inflate the economy and ruin it. Nobody would do that. And so they know that. And they know that they can't take that record to the American people. They have a deductive mind because they're ideologue. So they start with a premise that we're for social justice and for equity of result. And so we're moral, morally superior and smarter than anybody else. And therefore we are entitled to do things that other people don't do. And so if under the cover of COVID and frightening people about COVID, we can change all the voting laws so that 30% instead of voting absentee and early voting shall become 70% in most states with very little audit of the level necessary to authenticate most ballots. They just do all this stuff because they start with the deductive principle. We are better. This is the vision. And therefore, the following must happen. And if things don't fit the narrative, then they go after the person. They censor it. They, they, that's how they work. And if you keep that in mind, then everybody makes sense. And what I'm saying is they go on from one lie to the next. So everybody now knows that Donald Trump, we just discussed it, was impeached for things that Joe Biden got away with. OK, everybody knows the laptop was authentic. Everybody knows that now. Everybody knows that it would have made a big difference on that debate when Donald Trump said it was. And Joe Biden said, no, no, no. Fifty one authorities. Everybody knew that Dushinko and Charles or whatever his name, Dolan and Christopher Steele were frauds and especially Glenn Simpson, and that Hillary Clinton took over an old never Trumper file, inflated it with a million bucks, got the FBI on it to hire Christopher Steele as a consultant informant, hid her so-called legal expenses, and she was fined and cited for that violation through Perkins Coe, Fusion GPS, DNC, and that, that file was fraudulent. It was made up. I said that from the first time I saw it. Everything in it was false. And yet we wasted 22 months and $40 million to know it was obvious. No apology. In fact, not only no apologies, they got Pulitzer Prize winners, some of the reporters. Every time they give these monstrous lies, there's no apologies. They just, and, they, and why should they? Because in their way, they're just narratives. They're postmodern, Foucauldian, Lacan, Derrida, Narada narratives. They were useful. So that's what they look back. Well, they were useful at the time because when we went through the Mueller investigation, when we went through the laptop, we crippled Donald Trump and therefore we were able to stop him. We had anonymous anonymous. He was burrowed deep into the Homeland Security. He was a minor official, but we said he was one of the major operatives in the Trump administration. We lied. 
And then we printed his op-ed because it did what it was supposed to do. It weakened this right-wing agenda, so they think. And we got Admiral McRaven, and he came in and wrote an op-ed and said Trump should leave the sooner the better. And then we got all of the four stars, McCaffrey, McChrystal, all of them to say that Trump was Hitler, that he was Mussolini, that he was a liar, that he was danger. We got Mark Milley to call the Chinese. We did all of this. And yes, we do not want this to be done to us. If right now a retired four-star general says that Joe Biden is senile or he's dangerous or the Afghanistan is a disaster and he should be removed sooner or later or his weaponization of the DOJ or the FBI is Mussolini-like or his hounding of individual people at school boards or the way he conducted the Mar-a-Lago raid is remnant of it's Nazi-like. And I'm just quoting from what they've said. You know what's going to happen to those people? You're going to get Merrick Garland to call up the Pentagon and they're all going to be slapped with a Code 88 Uniform Code of Military Justice, and they're going to be court-martialed for disparaging the commander-in-chief. Trust me, they would in two seconds, and that's not going to happen. First, they're not going to say anything because they're not equally going to apply their standards of correct behavior on the part of the... And second of all, they're going to say something with Donald Trump because they know that that the media and the Pentagon are not going to do anything to them. Now, oh man, they would they would destroy them if they ever criticized the commander in chief. They would go after him like you wouldn't believe. And they know that. And so what we're talking about, I guess, to sum up and end this, they understand deterrence. They are saying to the American people, we are SOBs. We're capable of everything and anything. Now, which side do you want to be on? Because if you're on our side, you can do what Hunter Biden is. There's no consequences. If you want to say that the voting machines are crooked like Jill Stein, go ahead. She did in 2016. If you want to be Barbara Boxer and 32 Democrats and say, you know what? We're not going to certify the Ohio count and hold up the whole election. We're going to try to do that. Don't worry. They got it. They did it in 2004. If you're Al Gore and the registrar and the attorney general says, well, the votes have been counted and they have been certified in Florida. Oh, no, we're going to sue. We're going to sue and hold up the entire election for a month. And so you can do all of that as long as you're on our side. But if you don't do that and you want to go on the other side, then you're going to be in big trouble. And that's that's the message that they're trying to say. That's what we're really getting down to. Join the winning side. It's sort of like in the Soviet Union. If you're part of the nomenclature and you join the party, you're exempt. If you're not, well, you're on your own. People say to me, well, you're an academic and you spent your whole life. How did you deal with those 94% of all academics are left wing? And I'm just using that percentage because that's a percentage of those who give money to political right. campaigns. 94% go to left wing or democratic causes. And, and they said, why are they so left wing? Is it they have tenure? They're exempt from the worrying about losing their job. They have guaranteed step increases. They have a nine month work year. Is it because they teach their one or two classes a semester? What is it that makes them, are they idealistic because they deal with words or I didn't, I said, no, 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 no. They understand with, if you want to get tenure and you want to be promoted and you want to be liked, you just parrot the majority cause. If it paid better, They'd be fascist. If it paid better, they'd be fascist or anything else. Now, 
Victor Davis Hanson just gave you a nice snapshot of the last seven years, eight years. But that's only part of the story. You did a great job. Hope everybody shares that video. We'll post it to Bandai Video under the live show feed. Obviously, it's in the live show. It'll be archived later to Bandai Video. But what are they going to do beyond just the fake prosecutions and the kangaroo courts with no juries and the rest of it against Trump? They're going to start more wars. They're going to activate the Muslim terror groups that Biden's funding and Obama's funding to carry out larger destabilizations. They're then going to hype up all the Islamics they brought into Europe and the U.S. when they see the Israeli response, because in a two-dimensional way, it, it looks terrible, and I think it is wrong to carpet bomb innocent civilians, but it's all being done for a larger dialectic to create a political cataclysm, a massive acceleration of every form of destabilization, because the old bubble is popping, and they're bringing in the new system, the cashless society, the central bank digital currencies to replace it. We're at the crossroads. We had the old republic. It had its problems, but it was the apple of the world's eye, the best system, incredible wealth, incredible success, dynamic human spirit being at least partially free. They built, in the last hundred years, the parallel Federal Reserve System. And they began to transfer power to the totalitarian bureaucracy. Corporate fascist system at the top uses communist dialogue and programs to control people at the bottom, but it's a Fascist system on top, communist on the bottom. Really, it's a technocracy is the best term to describe it and how they describe it. And now they're going to dynamite in the next year, they're doing it all over the world, what's left of the old rail because people are trying to jump back over to it. No, no, no. You transfer all the power you can over to the totalitarian train that's running parallel to the freedom train. And right when you get to the point where people figure out that the totalitarian train's going to go over a cliff, there's no bridge up there, the general population, you can't allow that because people can jump back to the other train. So you blow up this train before you get to the cliff. So you blow up the train that people can save themselves on right before you then take them down into hell. And people are jumping all over the world over to the freedom train, the 1776 train, the anti-Klaus Schwab, anti-Bill Gates, anti-UN train. People all over the world, wherever they can have a halfway free election, are electing hardcore people that say, I'll stop this right now. Doesn't mean they're all perfect, but what matters is the people are waking up, they get it. So they're already trying to jump over. And they're getting ready to dynamite the track so that people see a blown up, fiery wreck and don't jump and are stuck on this train that goes right into hell. Wars, financial collapse, new viruses. Victor Hanson Davis, you notice, talked about, oh, they're going to try a new pandemic to keep the mail-in ballots going. They're already proposing it, and now the UN's proposed new lockdowns around the world. China's already done it. Australia's going back under it. Europe's trying to bring it back in. Democrat-controlled cities are already bringing it back in. to bring in the mail-in ballots again. 340 days out. Well, what's the exact number? Put it back on screen. 300 and something days out. I told you this. You could see it coming. But, you, but then I had sources confirming they're being told, get ready for it. So it's a countdown, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got to be aware of this and realize that we'd be better jumping on a burning train than to go on the train over the cliff. 342 days, 12 hours.
we're going to go to break. Dr. Peter McCullough is going to be popping in with breaking news and more. Stay with us. Now, joining us now is Dr. Peter McCullough, a leading heart specialist and one of the main voices for almost four years exposing this giant lie. Everything the establishment told us about COVID was a lie. Its origins, the shots, therapeutics, everything he's told us has turned out to be dead on accurate. And so I wanted to talk to him about all the insurance company numbers, numbers we see of 20 million dead, some say 17 million dead, uh, the clear push to roll out a new pandemic, the UN saying start the lockdowns again, start the mail-in ballots again. It's like Groundhog Day. We're, we're waking up to this. And of course, my sources in August, a big one at TSA that I made some other calls, they said, yeah, it's funny. We just got told this week, too, it's coming back this fall. And now we're entering the end of the fall here in the next few weeks. End of the winter, it's here. So, Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you for coming on on short notice. We love you. We appreciate you. Look forward to fellow Texan having you back in the studio as soon as you can come. But you got the floor for the 15 minutes before we go to break. There's so much to cover. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, you know, I think probably the most pressing update is the Chinese pneumonia story, Alex. I'm not sure if you've covered that, but the uh, multiple sources are reporting the Chinese, you know, are experiencing an outbreak of what appears to be mycoplasma pneumonia that's um, macrolide resistant. So this is a form of a bacterial pneumonia. It's a small bacterium. It actually goes <coughs> inside cells, very similar to uh, a virus would go inside cells. It tends to affect children. Uh, it's normally treated with azithromycin, but in this case, we would need to use either what's called fluoroquinolones uh, or uh, use um, uh, doxycycline or forms of um, tetracyclines. That's what you see here. So it's not an emergency. It's just large numbers of kids with mycoplasma. The Chinese live in crowded conditions, as you see here, and the kids pass it back and forth. It's a relatively mild pneumonia. I have firsthand communication of a patient... <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, a, a patient who was treated for this in China and uh, subsequently returned home. And what we learned is that the, um, the Chinese are only testing for COVID and influenza. So they're not, they don't have the technology to directly diagnose this. That's the reason why they've been floundering around a little bit on treatment. By the way, it sounds like I know you got COVID treating people yourself and you still treat patients. Sounds like you're not doing too hot, doctor. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm sorry if this is live. I have to try to mute that out, but I have a little asthma flaring. Let me try to get it under control. Um, hey, you're a hardworking you. guy. We get it. But, but here's the deal. We knew this was coming. It was pre-programmed. I said three months ago th 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 this was about to happen. We, we saw the propaganda roll out. They're, they're trying to say, oh, we've got rabies and we've got swine flu. Clearly the fear nozzle has been turned on high. There's no doubt about it. They're trying to use the same fear tactics that were used before. They're not going to work, I think, largely because we're so far ahead of these stories right now. All right. So there's so many areas to get in the limited time and, uh, that we have with you. But the U.N. calling for more COVID protocols be brought back in. All of this. How They've been obviously trying to create the fear. How successful have they been? I know you don't like to speculate, but but... 
What do you think is about to unfold? You have a lot of medical contacts. You're the highest levels of the resistance to this. And, and, and then let's talk about uh, the death numbers we're really seeing from people that have had the shots because we're getting a clearer and clearer picture of this, aren't we? We are. The most important paper is probably published by Dennis Rancourt, an epidemiologist in Montreal, Alex, and it's not good. The estimates are 17 million people worldwide have died of the COVID-19 vaccines. We have our autopsy data suggesting the deaths, the vast majority can be traced you know, directly to the vaccines. And uh, the, you know, everywhere we look around the world, there's lawsuits, all kinds of court proceedings, calls to pull them off the market. The governments would be smart if they just pulled them off the market and, and you know, <coughs> and don't keep advancing the vaccines because it's simply not working out. All right, I got 100 questions, but you're the expert. Give us the data dump. What's front and center for you, a guy right in the center of the fight? I know that's fighting 18 hours a day. The biggest thing for us right now is still complications from the vaccines. We're seeing record rates of blood clots, myocarditis, long COVID syndrome. <coughs> now we've innovated, we've uh, developed forms of, of uh, detoxification with natokinase, bromelain and curcumin, uh, you know, starting at low doses and working our way up. A wellness company has done a terrific job with uh, not only the uh, detoxification protocol, but but also emergency kits. So they have forms of uh, emergency kits that can be utilized, and they work to, <coughs> excuse me, help cover the bases. In the bases include, you know, various forms of infections like COVID, respiratory syncytial virus. This uh, new Chinese pneumonia would be covered by the wellness company kits. And uh, people are, are arming themselves, Alex, this is something you've advised for a long period of time, is for people individually to get ready. And they are getting ready because, you know, we've been told there's going to be another pandemic. We just don't know what it's going to be. Well, I mean, it's like they flipped the light switch on in September with the fear mongering, Dr. Peter McCullough. And talking to all your colleagues and, and others, they're even talking about mail-in ballots again. This looks like they're trying to do a replay of 2000. What's your view on that? And, and, and how do we educate the public and get ahead of this hysteria that the media is clearly now officially trying to bring COVID protocols back for swine flu, uh, for pneumonia? I mean, it, it's just it's over the top. People have to keep their eye on treatment. Uh, this, this news about swine flu uh, is the same issue, Alex, that. The bottom line is, you know, we have very good treatments for influenza, two oral drugs, one IV drug. We treat it early. We cover the secondary staphylococcal pneumonia that can set in. You know, so influenza, imminently treatable. Uh, COVID-19, treatable. Uh, respiratory syncytial virus, treatable with albuterol and budesonide. These are not imminent public health threats. They're certainly not things we need to take vaccines for. As long as we keep our eye on early treatment and even prevention with the nasal sprays and gargles, you know, we're going to be well ahead of the game. And then people won't basically fall into this fear campaign that there's no treatment. One of the reasons why people were so fearful of COVID is because they were told there was no treatment. And then, you know, ultimately we devised McCullough protocol and so many other approaches. Now we are way ahead of the game on all of these illnesses. Remember, we took down monkeypox. We were told there was going to be a monkeypox national emergency. We had treatments with Tico Veramat. It handled it very well. We got ahead of this in the media. 
We've done the same thing on RSV, same thing on Chinese pneumonia, uh, as well as whatever's going to be the next uh, you know, illness to hit us. The fear here and the concern is that the next pandemic's probably going to come out of a bio lab. Uh, and experts have published this, that there are so many people working on uh, gain-of-function research. Remember, in the United States, the National Institutes of Health you know, doesn't fund gain-of-function research, but it's not outlawed. It's not banned. And in every state, there probably is gain-of-function research funded through foundation or university fees. I think every state should look at this. Uh, I'd strongly support banning gain-of-function research. It's not advancing science, and it's creating a lot of hazards that could be the next public health uh, you know, emergency like a pandemic. Well, what I want people to understand is this. The U.N. said they'd use disease X years ago, X meaning whatever they made up or pushed or released, to get full control. And now they're trying to get the U.N. treaty through right now that's failing. I got articles all over the world. People are really waking up to them. So they almost got it done with the last fear-mongering campaign. It's clear they're trying to do it again. I think it's just so vital that everybody ahead of time bolster their immune systems for the shedding and all the rest of the craziness show that show that even the numbers are not anywhere near what they're saying, that there's clearly stuff going on that we're prepared. Oh, for sure. I think it's preparedness. You know, it's interesting that, you know, all of the government takeover of all this unbridled spending was in the name of pandemic preparedness. Uh, but in fact, the government doesn't prepare at all for pandemics. Individuals do. And doctors and and clinics and healthcare systems do. Uh, you know, we simply don't need the government, you know, to try to help in pandemic preparedness. We need to do it ourselves. And that's what people are doing. Wellness company basically taking over, now providing kits uh, to people all over the country. Everybody's getting outfitted with a, a kit for homeschool and work. And uh, the bottom line is people are going to be prepared. Uh, the kit has in it a guidebook as well as a telemedicine console to help people, you know, through whatever this That's next right. And I didn't even think about this. You, you had up a national group that gets people pre-positioned. Everybody should be stockpiling this stuff because if things get crazy or out of control, it'll run out again. They'll be gouging all of it. Everybody should go to onlinehealthnow.com, onlinehealthnow.com, uh, and they should get prepared with the telemedicine and get ready because uh, it's, it's very clear that the globalists have geared up something large, and I think they're just using all this side viral hysteria to get people kind of primed for something uh and they're in trouble and the un has said pandemics are how they're going to get their world government it's how they get their world id it's how they get their universal basic income it, it, it it's how they get the esgs it's how they get the social credit score everything is around this and they think we don't have a memory and they're trying to bring it back right now it's true and there's so many destabilizing events in the world people are looking here and there uh, and the main thing is just to be alert and to be savvy uh, and understand that, you know, we need to look to medical leaders who are willing to face these challenges and help us get through it. it largely, uh, now we're organized. We weren't organized when COVID-19 hit. We certainly are now. You know, I'd be ready to lead in treating the Chinese pneumonia if it hit our shores. It probably will. And, uh, and then, you know, most of the, the battle is occurring in the media. That's the reason why your show is important. Best name show ever, InfoWars. It's a war of information right now. And as, if, as long as we keep bringing people the truth, Alex, we're going to win this war. And am I right? I've seen the studies, but you're the expert. A dirt, I mean, sure, a surgeon with a really good M95 mask, it does some things up front. But these filthy face diapers, making kids wear these dirty things, 
Isn't that major league linked to bacterial pneumonia? Right. It actually makes it worse. You know, that image you showed of the Chinese lobby, everyone wearing masks was making it worse. They're just rebreathing the mycoplasmal organism into the uh, into the mask. You know, the body needs fresh air. We don't need a mask uh, breathing in fibers and other things into our body. Uh, and so, you know, I, I hope people now have learned if you look on airplanes, public spaces, very few people wearing masks. All right, Dr. Peter McCullough, thank you so much for the time. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.